Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713 780 3776 at Moneyline 97.5 at Carlson Radio at Josh Jordan 97.5 at Jerry Bow Knows. That's where you can find us each. On Twitter, 713-780-3776. If you want to text the show, go ahead and hit us up there. If you want to check us out on Sports Map, everything that Josh just spoke about will be on there. My bookie busters will be getting updated throughout the day. And right now, we're sweating this Chelsea Man United over. We need, we're at least, we're, we're kind of sweating, let's say, because you're comfortable. You're at least getting your money back. So at this point, we're in hopes of cashing this ticket and starting our morning off right. This is one of actually my smaller plays because I got two big ones, and I'm going to go ahead and share those within the next hour. So make sure you stay tuned in, 713-780-3776. If you got an upcoming fantasy draft and you have some questions, we'd be glad to answer them for you. This is your spot. This is your chance to get it off your chest. This is your chance to to talk anything you want fantasy because we know we've been waiting on there. There's always that fantasy guy that whenever you tell him, like, hey, so what are you doing? You say, man, I work in sports. Or what's your yeah. show about? And you say fantasy football. He starts unloading. He's like, so <laughs> I play this keeper league, right? And then he just gets in, and before you know it, now you're stuck in this conversation. Dude, it, it happens quite a bit. <laughs> but you know what? I love fantasy football, so I don't I don't mind talking about it. But you're right, man. It, it just gets bad when you get into, you know, like keeper questions that are really complex. And, oh, I get to keep this guy as a 13th round value. And, you know, stuff like that. You want fantasy content that applies to everybody because nobody wants to hear about one person's specific team. But you want advice about certain players so you know how to approach your draft. And, you know, it's funny. We get people reach out that are like, hey, I've never played fantasy football before. And that's kind of crazy to me. And, you know, in 2019, you know, maybe you tried it and you didn't like it. But I'm surprised there's a lot of, you know, newcomers to fantasy football. I think we forget about that. And I will say this. If you if you haven't played, one of the cool things about playing – you have interest in games that you normally wouldn't have interest in, right? You know, say the Redskins are playing the Giants on Monday Night Football and you're a Texans fan, you know, maybe that's not that exciting of a matchup to you. But if you have Saquon Barkley on your fantasy team, that's oh, must-see com- television. Oh, you're for sure. It changed the aspect of it. Yeah. It's a complete different aspect of it. You start – I mean, I've seen my wife have two guys on her team in a fantasy Super Bowl – and I had a friend over, and he was going against those two guys. So imagine <laughs> that. And, and she, you know, she's over here like, yes. Yeah. It was that uh, Beckham-Norman game, that fight. Oh, and when yeah. he came back, and she had Eli. She had Eli and Beckham. So when they hit that touchdown at the very end, that ended up winning her Super Bowl. Ooh, Meanwhile, yeah. I got my friend over here throwing up. <laughs> I mean, he is. And you're like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? And it, it just it changes your perception of everything it as does. far as football. It really does. There's no doubt about it. It's fun. And then if you you got a little action on the game, on the spread or the over or something. It's and too much. Fantasy. I love yeah. it. Uh, there's nothing like waking up on a Sunday morning yeah. or extra early and you turn on that TV, you pull up your computer, you start doing your DFS lineups, you start doing your your, your yearlies, you start putting in some bets, and um, it's just – it's over action. Like if you're an action junkie, that's what Sundays are. And that's going to start within a month here. It is. And I wanted to ask you, how are you approaching these preseason games? Have you been getting some gambling action in, in on these? Unders. Unders. That's what I'm on usually. But 
the 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 lines of the books have caught on to that. Just yeah. you know, they're smarter than that. They know. So when they set these unders at thirty five points, it's tough. Yeah. So I just man, overall, just seeing what the overall aspect and the way people look at preseason these coaches i'm starting to just eject on it like i'll try to pick up a few spots here and there mm-hmm. but i'm gonna eject man i'm gonna chill and i'm gonna hit these soccer spots or something because yeah. at the end of the day yesterday uh, the uh, the the steelers game for example the other team was down eight they scored a touchdown then they went for two but now you hear it that they didn't really want to catch that too because then they would have to go to <laughs> overtime you know what i mean like yeah. so what are we doing here now it's like it, that's not pure football. The numbers, the numbers and the spreads that they put out don't have that in there. They don't have that factor of the coach doesn't want to go to overtime. It's a preseason. So when I saw that, and they're like, "Well, did you even want want to catch that?" And it's like, "Yeah, I wanted to execute it better than what they did." But it seems like the players didn't want it because it was a terrible execution. While yeah. the coaches over there mad saying, "We need to learn that two point play." The coaches, the players are thinking, "We don't need no more time out here." Yeah. So, again, I'm choosing to pass on that, and and I'm down to gamble on anything, you know. But at this point, it's like, what are we out here really doing? Maybe that third preseason game, but not even that. You see, the Bears aren't going to run out anybody anymore. They're out there looking at their kickers. They're having a kicker competition. <laughs> they need to be doing that, by the way. And and it went off. If uh, Ironically, the first kick was a 43-yarder, and I believe that was what Cody Parker missed. And their first kick field goal attempt this uh, uh, preseason was that. The guy nailed it, and the place went wild. <laughs> then the other guy that's going up against him, he sailed one right. And they're like, oh, no. you know. So if you're looking at things like that, but – it's hard to to be able to tell where we're going from here with teams only playing one series, if that. It, that's true. And you just – you don't know when they're going to pull guys or how long they're going to play. I thought it was interesting watching the Texans. They they let those offensive linemen, the young guys, they let them get out there and play quite a bit. I noticed a lot of the starters played on defense for the Texans. So, you know, you know J.J. You know, has a groin injury, so they were just being careful with him. He didn't go, and obviously, you know, Watson didn't. But – you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't play either, and Devontae Adams didn't play. And I I wanted to see Devontae Adams against the tech, Texan secondary just for a measuring stick to see if they've gotten any better. But unfortunately, we didn't get to see that. But no, you make a good point. It's I think we're going to come to where there's only like two preseason games, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, and, but where do you add them? Is it more postseason teams? Is it a longer regular season? What benefits... Uh, let's say the players more one question one question two where do, do you generate more money because uh, the, that adding an extra two teams to a playoff uh, field it's it's going to generate more money obviously more than yeah. i think that two more regular season we i don't know what do you think it's, it's tough t- it's tough right and i almost wonder if this thought of the 18 game season like the owners don't really want it they're just pretending like they want it so when they give in to the players the players feel like they won you know, like that—that that makes a lot of sense. And the, the idea of eighteen-game season, but players can only play sixteen of those games. Like, I don't want to watch the backup quarterback having to start two games each year. Like, I—I I don't think anybody wants to see that. That's just—I don't know. It doesn't feel like football. Why tinker with it? The NFL is so popular, and it's such a good experience. And you know, I feel like the baseball season's too long. Uh, you know, I don't feel that way with the NFL. I think. I think they got it just right. Like I wouldn't tinker with it, and I don't think I'd add any more playoff teams either. Like I like it the way it is. What I don't want to see no playoff yeah. team, more teams either. I, 
I for sure need to see this preseason shortened, though. But I yeah. don't know where to stick that equity. In. I don't know. That's the problem, right? Because I'd rather them just cut off two preseason games. But the the owners make money on those preseason games. People come out and buy beer and food, and but it's and been less money. and less every year because if yeah. you see now, they start throwing them into for free sometimes in your season long. Yes. Like, hey, take these, and you see those given away, and it's they're cheaper price tickets. You can sit down low for extremely yeah. cheap, but. You don't even know who's playing out there half no, the time. No. So at the end of the day, it's a bad product. You saw that opening night. Everyone was waiting on the Hall of Fame game. And I'm I'm, I'm wired up. Go get you a nice bottle. And then yeah. it just halfway in between, you ask yourself, what am I doing? I'm, I'm such a degenerate, but I'm going to hit this under again. <laughs> I actually kind of enjoyed watching the, the Hall of Fame game. I guess it's just because I hadn't seen football in so long. That's what it is. But, you know, there were guys that, like Noah Fant, their first-round pick, the tight end for the Broncos. I, I wanted to see what he Monster. looked like. Yeah, and he looked pretty good. And, boy, Drew Locke looked terrible. It I, it just gives you kind of a, a little glimpse of what some of these young guys might be. That's why I like watching these. And we should probably get to that in one of these next segments here, kind of talk about – some takeaways from some of these guys. You know, we were talking about the Broncos. It it looks like Royce Freeman is going to have a a bigger role in the offense. It may be not just going to be Philip Lindsay this year. So that's something to keep in mind. I think we all thought, you know, Lindsay was so good for the Broncos last year that he was going to be the guy, but it's a brand new coaching staff. And you know, when that happens, everything goes out the window. Coming up next, we'll get into things like also, like a quarterback bust, I have a few I want to bounce off of you of according to, and we're not going to say bust is just automatically they were terrible that you can't even. It's according to where they're being drafted. Are they being yeah. overdrafted? I'm going to shoot a couple off of you from the quarterback position, wide receivers that can bounce back. Let's see how That's that goes. Yeah, for sure, because sometimes opportunity knocks, sometimes someone leaves, sometimes regression to the mean happens. Yep. We're going to get into a little bit of that. So if you're out there and you're getting ready for your drafts and you're wondering, man, should I get Drew Brees where he's going this year? We got a, your answers coming up next. You're listening to Manani ESPN 97.5. The You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. Welcome back to Moneyline where we have the power and we want to jump into quarterbacks. We teased that last segment, yeah. so let's not waste any time. And let's talk about one, Drew Brees, 713-780-3776. If you want to talk quarterbacks, if you're thinking about, man, I got an upcoming draft here and I got a, I got a, my perception on Russell Wilson is that he's going to be number one this year, for example. Say someone says that. We're about to tell you why he can or he might not be. And let's start it with Drew Brees going off at ADB, ADP QB7. Does that make sense to you as the seventh overall quarterback, knowing what we know as the recency bias, let's say? Uh, no, I don't. I worry about Drew Brees, man. I think he's fallen off a little bit. People, they have to consider this. This Saints offense isn't what it used to be from a few years ago. He's not throwing the ball nearly as much as he used to. So I think I don't even think he got to 500 attempts last year. No. So 
that's something you have to keep in mind is they're running the ball more with Kamara. They have a better defense than they had a few years ago, so they don't have to outscore everybody. And the other big problem, and keep this in mind, is Taysom Hill. He comes onto the field when the Saints get in the red zone, and he vultures a lot of Breeze's touchdowns. And you don't want your quarterback coming off the field in the red zone. No, that's the worst feeling ever. I, I, I was I had Breeze in one of my leagues last year, and I remember thinking that was just a headache. And we yeah. saw that already in the preseason game that they're going to continue to use him. You spoke about his pass attempts. It's slowly declined, but it's every year. And it starts with seven straight years. He had 625, right? So that's when – I mean, this is, was a top 10 quarterback since 2006. Ten yeah. straight years, he was always top. That's why it was easy to get Breeze. It made it simple. You don't have to take no, no extra risk. If he fell yep. to you, you're like, okay, Drew Breeze. Yeah, that's cool. But let's see, 625, but then 536 in 2017 and 489 in 2018. And yeah, he he missed that last week of the season, but that's only on pace for 521. That's 100 short of the 625 attempt seasons. That's a huge drop off. And that 32.6 pass attempts per game, that's 22nd in the league. That puts him where Eli Manning is. That puts him in the likes of Dak Prescott. Think about that. It's amazing, and and here's the deal with Breeze is he was actually decent last year. He had 32 passing touchdowns and only five picks, but he didn't even throw for 4,000 yards. So if you see some regression in his touchdowns this year, drafting him could end up killing your fantasy team. Another quarterback on the list, Russell Wilson, QB8. Do you see it as such? Oh, man. I And I like Russell Wilson, but it's it's a deal where – I only want him if I can get him in the double-digit rounds, like maybe round 10 or or something like that, round 11. They just run the ball so much in that offense that it's hard to count on him. And and who's he throwing to? I mean, he's got Lockett, but who else? I mean, I I know they have Metcalf, but you you never know with a rookie, right? So I just kind of worry that the way they're built, that he's not – I'd rather have Cam Newton, who I think you could get in a similar spot in your draft. And again, my approach here is I want to give Josh some names, some big names. The ones that people make it tend to say this is an easy pick. This is a lazy pick. You get in those middle rounds, someone starts taking the quarterbacks. You have, and don't be that guy that you look at your roster and you're like, all right, I have two running backs. I have my tight end. I have my receivers. Mm -hmm. I just need this quarterback. Might as well get him now instead of really giving yourself depth. Right. So with Russell Wilson, you get accustomed to that 34 passing touchdowns, three of the last four seasons. But we talked about Drew Brees dropping. He he, even he he had 62 more pass attempts than Russell Wilson. And we talked about how Drew Brees was low. We know that Chris Carson gets he's a volume runner. That's why he was top 10 in the league. They ran the most attempts in the NFC. So when do we start dropping Wilson to what his weapons are, one. Two, from what we know that they're turning into a running team, when do we start dropping him a little bit? I think we should. I mean, right now, it looks like his ADP, you got to take him in the ninth round. Behind him, like I said, was Cam Newton. You can get Cam later in the ninth round. Jared Goff is coming off the board after that. And then much later, Jameis Winston in the tenth round. I'd rather have most of those guys – Look, this is fantasy football. It's not real football. And real football, Russell Wilson, he's a great player. Sure. But this is a, this is about attempts and opportunity. And if they're running the ball a lot, he's not going to be throwing it a lot. So 
I'd rather have Kyler Murray. What if you get a Sierra CD with Russell Wilson <laughs> every time you draft him? You're like, okay. Now that changes things a little bit. We got Seth right here, and he wants to talk Baker Mayfield, which fits in perfect to what we're talking yeah. about, overdrafted quarterback. So let's go over to the HRMP listener line. Seth, what's going on, my man? You're on Moneyline. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great. What's going on? What can we do for you, my man? Yeah, man. So just on the uh, topic of quarterbacks, I mean – Baker Mayfield, I know it's preseason. We've seen the Browns go 4-0 in the preseason before and then a 0-16 season, but he's got a lot of weapons around him this year. The guy seems like he always finds a way to win. How early would y'all take Baker Mayfield this year? If, I'll tell you this. He's going at the back end of the sixth round, so you know, around pick 67 in a you know, 12-team league. So if you want Baker, you're probably going to have to take him in the sixth round. Now, people are going to look at last year. Or and, earlier. And we got to look at what it was as a whole, right? Because if we look at him as far as his 13 starts, 17.7 points per game, that puts him 16th, right? Yep. But we saw just this preseason, that first drive, I heard they even came out and told the other team because they didn't want to make it bougie. Like, man, y'all running no huddle? They came out no huddle that first drive, told the other team, we're going to do it. They told the refs, and they still weren't able to get him stopped. So they're going to be running at a faster pace. But perception is bad because people tend to think that whenever Freddie Kitchens came in, yeah, he was, he was uh, let's say, more productive with the chances he had. But before Freddie Kitchens took over, he was averaging 40 pass attempts. Once Kitchens took over, it went down to 32. He just happened to do more. It's more efficient. More yeah. efficient. So not necessarily people are going to look at it and say, no, he was throwing more. The only factor here is Todd Munkin, and he comes from that Tampa Bay offense, the number one passing offense yeah. in terms of yardage last year, and the number one term, uh, t- offense as far as air yards, which is something that people look at yeah. now. And that's what you want to know where the play is happening when that ball leaves that quarterback's hand. So – Man, to go with what you're saying, people are going to overdraft him. Someone's going to overdraft him. So if you're going to take him and you're in the top or bottom of your draft, you're going to have to take that chance and go out there. But again, when does he go? Do you take him as quarterback three or four? And that's where it's all going to play. I guess uh, how we spoke about don't take too many chances in certain spots. If you have a roster that's filled out pretty solid with a with a solid RB1, a solid wide receiver, you didn't really go tight in there, You have a, and Baker's there in one of those middle rounds, if you really want him, you're going to have to take a spot because there's going to be that one guy up there that's going to have OBJ at the as his, as his receiver, and then you know that guy's going to say, man, I want that double connection, and he's yep. going to go out and grab Baker. It happens every year, so be prepared for that. Yeah, you'll have to take him round six or earlier. And it's, I mean, look at the guys that are going in front of him. The, the only quarterbacks that are ranked higher than him are Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and Mahomes. So, I mean, that just shows you where he is. He's going about a about a round, um, uh, about a half round behind Andrew Luck in his ADP in the sixth round. But I did want to bring this up, what I learned from my mock, my mock, is if you take a tight end early, wait a long, as long as you can on quarterback and vice versa. If you take a quarterback early, then, then wait forever to get your tight end because you're really going to be unhappy with how thin your team is at running back and receiver if you go tight end and quarterback early. Yeah, I like that. So appreciate the call, Seth. And that Baker Mayfield question, there's a lot of people wondering right now. So that's a great question. Again, appreciate the support, man. We made it a year, and hopefully cheers to another one. No doubt. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. Good luck to you all this season. Hey, you too. Thanks, Seth. 
So yeah, no, that Baker one is going to be the Browns are going to be overdrafted a lot this year. They where, are. And and again, in that double connect, a lot of people like to say, "Man, I'm going to get the double points," which yeah. it's cool. But whenever you have bad weeks, it gets really bad. So an OBJ guy, you better be sure he's going to go try to grab uh, uh, Baker, uh, Tyree Kill guy. You better be sure that his first look is Mahomes. It just it just goes down that way. It does. And don't get me wrong, I would love to have a DeAndre Hopkins to Watson. But your safety net there is Watson's ability to run, and that's what you found whenever you grab Lamar Jackson late. Yep. What's Demar Demar uh, Lamar Jackson's floor? You know, weekly, Man, like because weekly, ten points at least. You yeah. know what I mean? Like twelve points, and say you're in a four point lead, uh, yeah. a passing touchdown lead. When he's running for touchdowns and those rush yards, before you know it, he only had 30 rush yards and a rushing touchdown. Let's not say he doesn't even get in the end zone. Let's say he has 40 rushing touch, uh, forty rushing yards, four points. Then he yep. has a, a subpar passing game, 180 yards, one touchdown. That looks ugly, but that's fantasy points. It is, and that's where you have to separate the fantasy from reality, right? Like, remember when Tebow was in the league? A lot of people were starting Tebow. Why? Because he runs, and... Rushing touchdowns, man. If you're in a four-point per passing touchdown league, getting that six-point rushing touchdown, that's a big advantage. Know your rules. That's another one that I should have mentioned earlier. Know the rules. Don't yes. be that guy. Because sometimes you go in there and you trust your commissioner too much. And you're saying, nah, he plays regular football, like uh, fantasy football rules. And then when you go check this, the, the, the way that he set up the settings, now you got uh, – Two two playoff matchup play uh you know two matchup playoffs where you're playing the same guy for two weeks which I'm not yeah. even a fan of I don't like that or either. or you have a commissioner that plays the the the, the playoffs in 15 16 17 <laughs> and you and you're asking yourself why why did you do this to us you know what I mean but you don't check that with the confidence that your commissioner has it under wraps right he's got it under control and then when you go look. Now he's added uh, a hundred yard uh, rush bonus, and now you have passing. You know what I mean? And now missed field goals are going to hit you over the head. So make sure that you know your rules because commissioners tend to get cute. They do, and every league is different. And sometimes the commissioner doesn't even realize it when they set up the league that maybe you know something is a default option. And ESPN's that you, doing that with right. the two week uh, playoff system where you play the same guy for two weeks. Last year they set it up default like that. I had to erase an entire league and then restart it because somebody let me know they're like, yeah. "So we're playing two week playoff system. We're starting." I'm, I'm like, "No, no, no, we're not. No, so. you don't want to do that." And you know, just back to the rushing thing. I mean. Lamar Jackson had 147 rushing attempts last year. Wow. He only played in like half the games. Even if that regresses towards the mean, or there's not even a mean towards that. I mean, that's historically high. Even if that regresses towards an average player, where do we meet in the middle? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's production. That's what you want. That's what you want as far as your quarterback. If you're telling me your quarterback's going to get X amount of carries every single game, I will take that to the bank. Dude, here, just listen to this from... Uh, November 18th on for amount of attempts for Jackson, 26 attempts against the Bengals, 11 against the Raiders, 17 against the Falcons, 14, 18, 13, 20 rushing attempts against the Browns in their last game of the season. That is insane. Wow. That's a lot. And that's a quarterback, folks. We're talking about quarterback, quarterback rush attempts. 18, 13, 14, 1 0 at halftime. Five unit max coming up next. I'm about to drop bombs on your bookie's head, and he's not going to like this Sunday. You're listening to Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Jesus loves you more than you will know.
to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. My man Carlson Radio, Andrew, to be exact, he knows how to get us in the zone. Let's rock this thing on a Sunday morning. We've been talking overdrafted quarterbacks. We've been talking value. We've been talking mock my mock. Where do you do? What do you do on the turn if you have the number one pick? Where do you take elite tight ends if somebody overdrafts them and you say, "Hey, I'm going to go the tight end route." We spoke a little bit of that. You can catch anything you missed on Podcast Arena. Thanks to our man Drew. Hey, let's keep this thing rolling. We have another car on the HRMP listener line. Ben, you're on money line. What's going on? Morning, fellas. How's it going? Good. Football's in the air, man, so we're living good. What what can we do for you on this beautiful morning? Right on, right on. I had my rookie draft in 30 minutes, actually. Uh, I had the first pick. Uh, trying to decide to go with either David Montgomery or Josh Jacobs. I'm not really feeling Josh Jacobs because the Rangers O-line. Uh, the Bears have, have the better O-line, but I'm just, you know, stuck. So this is a dynasty, obviously, right? I'm guessing it's a continued league. Yes, sir. So is it PPR. Uh, yes. So let me ask you this: What is what are you, name me your top three guys? I just want to see what your roster's like. Uh, my top three. Oh, uh, well, this is why I'm the number one pick. Uh, <laughs> I have um, Marvin Jones, uh, Dak. I got, uh, and my running back situation is really bad. I got Carlos Hyde. Like, I, I lost a lot of players at the end of this past season, so my roster is kind of trash right now. Well, first, let's take a moment of silence for that roster. Now, yeah, yeah. Now you we have to go running back right off the top, brother, because we know that first-round running backs that get drafted like this, rookies, they get average 283 touches per year that first year. So that's a commodity, and we have to take a risk. I'm going to say we. I'm on your team now, man. So we have to take a risk now. We have to get in there, and we have to get a running back, and I think that guy's got to be Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I, I agree. With, I agree with Jacobs too. Just I think he's going to catch a lot of passes. They, you know, they spin a first round pick on him. I know the offensive line maybe not quite as good as Chicago's, but you got to think Tariq Cohen's still going to have a pretty big role for the Bears. So as much as I like David Montgomery, I I think he's going to have to share the ball a little bit. So I think I'd go with Josh Jacobs. And also, you know, Tariq Cohen's not going to come off the field on those passing downs. Yeah. But everyone says David Montgomery was the complete, the most complete runner. He can be a workhorse guy. But if we look back, let's say at Howard, whenever he kind of shined, but he could drop balls, running back 20 during that time. So it's not too much. I wouldn't – it's just tough because the Bears, it seems like the Bears' defense will keep them in games, therefore relying, uh, leaning on the run, game script. But overall – if you look at who I think will have a better fantasy career, I go with Josh Jacobs there, man. So good luck to you on that draft. Thanks for listening. Right on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, babe. 
Yeah, and those uh, those rookie drafts are, are completely different. That's why it's when someone starts explaining a poker story to you, and they're like, "Man, I got a bad beat," and they just tell you the ending, and you're like, "Okay, what position on the table were you in? Was it a tournament? How much time was left?" There's so many factors uh, in fantasy football. What uh, what position are you in? What what's the rest of your team look like? You know, yeah. then he, he he came out honest and said, "Man, this is where I'm having trouble at. My running back situation's bad." And like I said, rookie running backs they average 280 first round rookie running backs, or I'm sorry, top. 10 so or i'm sorry first round excuse me um eight over 280 touches that's that that's money that's fantasy yeah. that's what you say he averages 3.5 yards per carry which is a little right there league average a little under that's fantasy goodness it, it is and remember you know jacobs kind of split the workload at alabama so he doesn't have a lot of tread off his tires he's you know he should be good to go he's good at catching the ball i i think that's the pick right there. And you know how it is. These are really top-heavy, these rookie drafts. You know, you, you could get Montgomery, get Josh Jacobs, and then, man, it just falls off. You know, then you're looking at receivers and th- those first couple rookie running backs, the guys that get drafted really high, those are pure gold. Snatch those guys up. And if you look at it overall, okay, so you got that group, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, and then it drops to Miles Sanders, right? Yeah. Which is a huge question mark. They have a they have a stable of running backs there, right? They do. Philadelphia doesn't have a problem in the backfield as far as let's not say a problem because the problem is they need to find that guy that's their that's the that's a key piece. That's what Winch is going to need. He needs to have a reliable run game. They have plenty of talent back there, yeah. but they need to find that one. They always run a committee, man. That's the problem. And, and Sproles is back again. And you know he's probably going to catch a couple balls a week. Sproles Royce, you got to pull it out on a Sunday. You got to shine. And then after that, if you look at the run, uh, running back, the rookie running backs, Daryl Henderson yep. is another guy that's another huge, huge gamble on. But if that gamble pays off, oh, Lord, you're yes. going to eat because yes. he can. For he, days. Oh, he can be a league winner. Absolutely. You just don't know how much Gurley's going to touch the ball. And it, it looks like Gurley's looking okay so far early on. So, yeah, that, that's Jacobs is, I think, the pick right there. I, I think that's who you grab. And if you look at potential league winners, and where everyone had their different way. They log, uh, won their league. But every year, the certain guys stand out that weren't yeah. highly drafted and ended up being someone that was led the ways. So let's think about last year. Who was that? James Conner? James yeah, Conner was, Connor. yeah, he wasn't even really drafted that high at no. all. Damian Williams, league winner. Kareem Hunt, the year before. Yeah. Alvin Kamara, 17. Jordan Howard in 17. Let's look at what D'Angelo Williams was in 15 when he came in and took over all that, the 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 volume that would have been Le'Veon Bells. Let's look at Jeremy Hill and back then, or or 2014 C.J. Anderson. Yeah, it happens every year. You just have to – that's why the waiver wire is such a big deal. Just because you drafted your team, man, you're not done. You need to be working that waiver wire all year. And just speaking of late-round guys that could add up to that list that we spoke of right now, how about a uh, Justin Jackson if Gordon holds out? Oh, yeah. But you spoke about Eckler getting drafted where in the ninth? Yeah, I got Eckler really late in like the ninth, something like that. And if Gordon holds out, he's going to be fantastic. He was really good when Gordon was out last year. A name that nobody really knows, and and you might need to know, Bruce Anderson out in Tampa Bay. They don't have a primary running back right now. What if he goes out there and steals that job? He can become a household name as far as fantasy football. And then Malcolm Brown, if Gurley gets hurt and, say, the the, the rookie doesn't pan out, there's a reason that they that they have him still there, right? There is, and that's why I like these these younger guys that are backups. Like the, I really like Rashad Penny this year, right? They spent a first-round pick on him. Chris Carson, you know, he's a nice player and all, but 
they want Penny to get some work. They they, they drafted him. They traded up for him. And for as a, a running back unit, they average like 33, 34 yes. carries a game. And we know Carson's like a 17, 18, 19 guy. So where's those other 14 to 15 carries go? If you're getting 14 to 15 yep. carries from a late round pick, I'll take that all day. Yeah. See, I want. I don't want the retread guys, like the older guys, that, like you know, LaShawn McCoy. Like he doesn't Ooh. really do much for Does me. Does he even like football right. anymore? You know, Jordan Howard. You know, guys like that. I, you know, give me a young guy that maybe we haven't seen his upside yet, like Rashad Penny. You know, like Lamar Miller. I know we're in Houston, but I think we all know what Lamar Miller is, right? Like, give me a guy that has a little more juice, a little more upside. Duke Johnson. Yes. yes. That's actually, and you get Duke a lot later. Now, let's talk about the wide receiver rookies just to, to put a bow on this. These are also a Ugh. bunch of question marks. Yeah. Nikhil Harry in New England, we don't know what that passing offense is going to look like. Then it drops to A.J. Brown in Tennessee. Ugh. That offense, we don't know who's going to even be throwing the ball by the end of the year if Mariota keeps it up how he ended. Yeah, and they have Corey Davis, and I believe they grabbed Humphreys from Tampa Bay exactly. to play the slot. Volume receiver, yeah. and then they get Delaney Walker, old old Yeller back. Yes. So okay, so now we drop to DK Metcalf. What do we know about him? Where's he? There was questions about his route running and his limited uh, limited route tree. Where does he end up? Another question mark. And then now you get into the Paris Campbells, which. That offense is stacked. I mean, yeah. you got an offense that has uh, T.Y., Funches, uh, two tight ends, yep. uh, Naheem Hines catching out of the backfield, yeah. and now you got to run. Now, don't get me wrong. This wide receiver's got wheels. Oh, yeah. He so does. He's got a part on any offense, but where? Where? And with, you know, Andrew Luck still not practicing with the calf injury, that that's a little concerning, man. It's It's been since OTAs. He's been dealing with this thing for months. So it's not a good sign. I'm a little worried about the Colts. And, uh, you know, I, I love Marlon Mack because they have such a good offensive line. And I love Naeem Hines. And we know Luck, he loves to throw to his running backs in the red zone. One person that's going to make some noise and I think will be overdrafted as a rookie is Miko Hardman, right? Oh, because yeah. uh, once the Tyreek Hill news that wasn't or was, whatever ended up happening, the, the rumors, let's say, uh, people started pulling Miko Hardman up yeah. there as like he was, hey, let's plug him in. Fast, check. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, the Chiefs knew something because they traded up for him, check. So you're like, okay, plug him in. But I mean, he's supposedly uh, the wide receiver eighth overall, let's say, out of the rookie pool. About 15th overall if you're doing just a rookie draft. But then are you going to draft him before, like, say, a Noah Fant? Which was, uh, we know what tight ends can be. Yeah. And people are saying that he could be one of those real, real tight, uh, elite tight ends. So, yeah, he's a four five forty guy. He can move. We know Flacco likes to throw the tight end. And with Hardman, how's he going to get any looks? We know how much the Chiefs throw to their running backs. They have Sammy Watkins, they have Tyree Kill, and then they have the best tight end in the league in Travis Kelsey. You know, what is Hardman, the fifth option? You know, Unless somebody gets hurt, he's not going to help your fantasy team. And that's what you'll see with a lot of these guys. Maybe not production right now, but you have to let it you have to you have to plant the seed, put yep. a little water on it and let it grow. You do, but here's the issue, right? You know you're going to have an injury at some point early in the year. So a guy like Hardman's going to be one of the first guys you cut because he's not getting on the field. So I'm almost like why gamble on a guy that you would cut within the first 2 weeks? You know, try and you know, try and roster guys that can actually help your team because if you know, if you have to carry the guy for week after week after week, you're just going to end up cutting him. And another thing that before we get out of here, 
Are you uh, – I don't draft kickers to the very end. Sometimes I don't even draft them at all. Yeah. So just to think about that, like people – just when you said cut people, yeah. sometimes I end up just switching kickers week two I'm already. Yeah. And I'm like, why did I draft there when I could have got somebody late? So make sure that you don't – if you're going to stream kickers, then don't even draft one. Yeah. Just make sure you fill that roster spot. What are you missing out on? Like, hey, somebody's going to come get him out of the free agency pool. Yeah, no, there's no. a bigger chance that you can get a, a late sleeper there. Once again, though, know the rules of your league. Some leagues make you have somebody at every position on your roster. Some leagues don't. So check that out. Make sure you're make sure you're filling it out correctly. Even the best kicker out there is only two or three points fantasy points over the replacement level guys think about that there's only four kickers that have been top 12 in in three seasons consecutively that's Gostowski, tucker will lutz and prater other than that there's none of them that are consistently up there and those guys are the guys that people usually draft not even in the last round you'll see Gostowski getting taken or tucker getting taken like that 13 12th round yep and that's usually the guy that had jaguars defense last year <laughs> he's like yep defense check i got a few running back and you're like bro but you don't have no depth what we have here, though, is depth and a plethora of bets. And I'm about to unload. We got one last segment. Get your hey, Go ahead and pull up that screen right now. Log in. Tell your wife. Tell the kids. I'm gone. Jerry's about to put some bread on the table. You listen to Moneyline ESPN 97.5. All the times that you break for me. All the nights you stay by me. All the nights that you cry. Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Last segment, home stretch 713-780-3776. Let's get this party to an end. Yeah. But before that, we got to put out some money for the people. 713-780-3776. Let's go to the Netherlands. We got a game with PSV and Den Haag, right? PSV, 3.4 goals a game at home is what they average. And I think we see that here today. If you look at the past matches between these teams, 3-1, 7-0, 3-3, 3-0, I see goals. I see PSV getting them in there quickly. So take first half over one and a half as that's what Den Haag does. They allow goals in the first half. They, last year, they allowed the most in the league in that position, first half goals. The only thing that I like about this over as well is last year, they went down 13 times in the first half and they were a- able to equalize in six of those. So when they go down, they're not exactly a team that lays down. And we know that PSV can be lazadaisical sometimes on, on, uh, d- on defense. The Netherlands League, that's all you see is goals. You see goals. Just yesterday, I gave out Ajax. They scored at at halftime. It was only 1-0. They ended up scoring five in the second. That's just the type of league it is. You see goals. You see plenty of them, and you see them late. And Today, we're going to pound this. PSV, Den Haag, kicking off at 1 o'clock Central Standard Time. You got a little bit over an hour. Over 1.5 first half. PSV team total over three. Game over three and a half. You could go ahead and count PSV good for three or four goals easy. I might even see five. And I see the uh, Den Haag maybe getting on the board as well. Over first half, team total over three PSV, game over three and a half. That's money in the bank. Now, I got to ask you this, Jerry. Is there one of those three bets that you like better than the others? 
Man, I would say PSV team total because uh, three, because let's say that they do get lazy on that uh, defensive side. Then it just, I don't know where the, it ends in there. Last week, they only scored one. Okay. So I feel like they're going to open it up. I feel like the three is basically a free bet, a free roll bet. I don't nice. see how they don't get three. I feel that they'll have two or three at halftime. So if I had to name them in order, I would go team total first. Then I would go first half over. And then I would go game over as I think that Den Hog might need to contribute on that. But again, I could see PSV scoring four goals. So they might get that over themselves. Again, hit it. Netherlands, let's go around the world let's do it let's build up that bankroll before football season i was talking to jerry about that during the break trying to just get as much bankroll as i can for when the nfl gets going so we'll get in on these bets today add to our cash now someone that's gonna need to hit some more cash and uh, capitalize off these bets let's say is and and i i brought this up here because i think didn't you have a story where you had a tree uh, something happened in your yard yeah i did i just randomly out of nowhere i tree just fell and fell where it kind of fell like along the fence line man it, it was i'm lucky it just missed the house i got really lucky and uh it so it didn't end up costing you nothing other than getting the tree moved or how did that work well yeah it did because it, it wiped out my fence and it hit my uh, part of my neighbor's uh, air conditioner so i had to, <laughs> i had to pay to get the tree removed and all that kind of stuff it was it was a problem but it was just a, a freak occurrence man it, it was really strange well the internet always wins, right? And there's people take, I guess, situations like this in different form. This guy had the same thing happen to him. A tree fell. And this is what it sounded like his reaction. It sounded like a beer can getting flattened. It just was crunch. It was, I hate to say it, it was kind of cool. You know, I mean, what guy, what, you know, doesn't like, you know, destruction. Yeah, you know, that's why we go to demolition derbies. But hey, you know, bottom line, that's that poor girl's new car, and she can't get to school now. Is that what you sounded like when you came outside, <laughs> she Josh? She can't get to school. No, I don't think so, but... Who doesn't <laughs> like dest- dest- destruction? I said, man, that guy's... I mean, he's looking at, I guess, the bright side of things, but that girl can't get to school now. Dude, that guy's voice is priceless. Now, let's switch over to one more story, and this one... I don't know where we're going to go with this one. Check it out. So you get a house, you buy a house, $1.4 million, So, I mean, this is yeah. a dream home, right? You got your kids, three young children. You move in. And then you start getting these weird letters. First one reads, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. Then you start getting more, and it starts getting creepier. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of the family now for decades, and it approaches its 110th birthday. I've been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched this house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. Now it's my time. Do you know the history of this house? Do you know what lives within the walls of 657 Boulevard? What? What do you do? Dude, that is so strange. I'm the watcher of the house? Yeah, so now this family didn't decide it. Let's just, they were doing the work on it. They were remodeling some of it, and but they weren't going to move in, right? Now they get another one. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better, better for me, was your old house too small for growing a family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. What? So then what do you do? And it gets worse. Will the young play? Will the young blood play in the basement, 
or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I may be, I, I pass by many times, so this person saying they go by there, 657 Boulevard, it's my job, my life, my obsession. Dude, what do you do in that situation? You just dropped all that money on that house. I wouldn't want to live there. Some psychopaths driving by five times a day. So the family says, man, we're not going to move in. We're going to sell this. Well, word got out. And nobody wanted to buy this house. So then they say, somebody needs to pay for this. We need to sue the people that lived here because you're going to tell me that they didn't get these weird letters? Yeah. That's the That's the watcher of this house, right? So they take them to court. They can't prove nothing. The other family gets off. The, the, the lawsuit never goes in. So they come out and say, we're going to just bulldoze this house down. Well, well, yeah, why not? Then you can re- if they have a million five, then they can they can probably afford that. Then they get one that says if you if you if if you do that, um, there's going to be revenge and what? maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, <laughs> maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never goes away and makes you fall sick the day after day after day after day. Maybe a mysterious death of a pet. Like what is going on here? Needless to say, the story ends with the family taking a loss, and they sold it four hundred and forty thousand. Oh, never lived in it. A million dollar loss on that house in six months. Dude, I mean that sounds weird. It sounds like people were doing like, you know, like weird. I don't know, like ceremonies or you know, like something weird with like circles and you know all the stuff you see on those ghost adventure shows on television. Like, I don't know. That's strange. Who lived here? Edward Scissorhands? Right? Like, something weird is going on there. I, I wouldn't live there, though. I'm no. bad with stuff like that. Just I, If somebody's died in a house, that I don't want to even know. Yeah, Don't even tell me either. about it. it. I don't like... Sounds like sacrifices happen there or something. You know what I mean? Like, that's just weird. And imagine if you do live there and you, you know all this background. Like, every little creek, every little time the air condition turns on, you're going to be looking around like... Thinking some creepy guy's watching you. I'm going to play this on one of my friends that gets a new house to start just dropping <laughs> off letters. Before you know it, I'm getting arrested. FBI's kicking down the door. It would be a good tactic to, to get a good value on a house, you know, just scare the hell out of somebody. Didn't you say they called the cops? You see that all the time, though, in yeah. funny things where the neighbor will be out there and mowing the yard naked or something. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm not moving in here. Stepbrothers were the, <laughs> the KKK guys. Oh, yeah, they're exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I was yeah. thinking about. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we made it to the end of the one-year show. One year. If we get fired tomorrow, we made it one year. We made it a year. That's all that matters here. So I won't get the tattoo yet. Maybe <laughs> next week I come in here with the tattoo for one year. But as for now, I leave you with the tattoo bet in the Netherlands. Make sure that you get that uh, You get that in now. So signing off for the squad, Andrew Carlson, your man Josh Jordan, and Jerry Bonos with a Z. Peace and thanks for the support. 